0: Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus through the Word, one chapter per day. It's day number 619 and we've come to Ezra. Ezra, a great, wonderful uh, scribe and one of the most important men in biblical history, but also one of the most overlooked. Few people have had a greater influence on the people of God, and yet few people are so sort of neglected and overlooked as Ezra is. So let's pray and look into this wonderful book together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word, which is full of truth. Thank you for the life of Ezra the scribe, for his faithfulness to you, and for the impact he's had on your people, and on your word, and on your word to your people. We pray that you would be our teacher today, and that you would help us to know your word, and to grow in it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Ezra wrote, probably, Ezra and Nehemiah, these two books that go together, that tell the story of the return from exile. So Chronicles left off with the proclamation of Cyrus. In fact, we can just scroll up and find Chronicles here at the beginning. Uh, The the decree of Cyrus. And then Ezra opens up with, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. Uh, This is very similar to what came before. And so many people believe that Ezra wrote Chronicles, that he is the chronicler, as well as the author of Ezra and Nehemiah. If he did, that's a significant chunk of God's word. First and second Chronicles, Ezra and Nehemiah, all written or put together by the same guy. He's also the leading candidate for who put together the five books of the Psalms and the 150 Psalms in the way that we have them, the compiler of the Psalter. And probably is an author of many of the Psalms that are unnamed and for as far as their author. So he compiled the Psalms and he wrote First and Second Chronicles and Ezra and Nehemiah. That makes him a pretty important guy. And yet most people in the church don't know anything about Ezra, would barely be able to tell you who he is, might be able to say, oh yeah, wasn't that like after the exile with Nehemiah or something like that? Um, Now in Jewish tradition, He's held in much higher regard because he's considered to be sort of one of the most important rabbis scribes teachers of god's word but in the christian tradition especially among evangelical christians today ezra is a much overlooked guy so here is ezra chapter one in the first year of cyrus king of persia that the word of the lord by the mouth of jeremiah might be fulfilled the lord stirred up the spirit of cyrus king of persia So that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing thus says Cyrus king of Persia the Lord the God of heaven has given me all the kingdoms of the earth and he has charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem which is in Judah whoever is among you of all his people may his God be with him and let him go up to Jerusalem which is in Judah and rebuild the house of the Lord the God of Israel he is the God who is in Jerusalem And let each survivor in whatever place he sojourns be assisted by the men of his place with silver and gold, with goods and with beasts, besides freewill offerings for the house of God that is in Jerusalem. Then rose up the heads of the father's houses of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites, everyone whose spirit God had stirred to go up to rebuild the house of the Lord that is in Jerusalem and all who were about them aided them with vessels of silver, with gold, with goods, with beasts, and with costly wares, besides all that was freely offered. Cyrus the king also brought out the vessels of the house of the Lord that Nebuchadnezzar had carried away from Jerusalem and placed in the house of his gods. Cyrus king of Persia brought these out in the charge of Mithridath, the treasurer who counted them out to Sheshbazar, the prince of Judah. And this was the number of them. 30 basins of gold, 1,000 basins of silver, 29 censers, 30 bowls of gold, 410 bowls of silver, and 1,000 other vessels. All the vessels of gold and of silver were 5,400. All these did Shesh-Bazar bring up when the exiles were brought up from Babylonia to Jerusalem. So a short little chapter here to introduce us to the book of Ezra. But a very important one. It's very important because we get a little bit of an extended version of the decree of Cyrus. Like I said, it ended the book of Chronicles. But in the book of Chronicles, it was just one verse. And it was really just the first part of this decree. Now, we get an expanded version. And that is that Cyrus not only gives permission for people to go up, but he actually calls on the survivors from Jerusalem and Judah to go and to be assisted uh, with silver and gold and goods and beasts and freewill offerings for the house of God. So there is a call for there to be not only permission to go, but really encouragement, strong encouragement to go and then assistance in going. And that's exactly what happens. The heads of father's houses in Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites. So these are the leaders. These are the the chiefs, the leading men, the elders, the priests, the Levites, those who were going to rebuild and be in charge. They are all sent back. And when they're sent back, they're sent back with the vessels of silver and gold that were taken out of the temple treasury. Nebuchadnezzar had taken these things out of the temple treasury when he came through uh, on separate occasions. He took some of it first and then he took all of it uh, when he came in 586. And remember that Nebuchadnezzar's uh, grandson Belshazzar uh, used these things in his final feasting night before the Persians broke through the Medes and the Persians broke through and captured Babylon and resubdued Babylon to outside Uh, uh, dominion he was using them that night when the handwriting appeared on the wall remember that from the book of Daniel and so they are they are these gold and silver vessels and there's a lot of them all the things that were used in the service of the house of the Lord 30 basins of gold now a basin of gold would be very large a bowl of gold would be small so 30 basins of gold 30 bowls of gold a thousand basins of silver four hundred and ten bowls of silver 29 sensors those are for lighting incense and burning incense and a uh, thousand other vessels all total all of these gold and silver vessels were 5400 and they're given freely by uh, Shesh Bazar who is the treasurer of the Persian Empire he gives them freely This is an unusual thing because the Persian empire wasn't just some charitable organization that just goes around handing out gold and silver. They were the greatest conquering empire that the world had ever known to that time. You know, the Assyrians were outdone by the Babylonians. The Babylonians were outdone by the Persians. The Persians are going to be outdone by the Greeks. And then the Greeks are going to be outdone by the Romans. And after that, no one's going to outdo the Romans uh, pretty much ever since then. But... This, this is the greatest empire the world's ever seen at that time. And they're used to plundering. They're used to taking. But now they're giving back. And because God can move the hearts of even pagans to do his will. Remember when Pharaoh Nico met Josiah and said to him, God told me not to fight you, so don't fight me. I'm just going on my way. There, Pharaoh Nico was speaking the words of God. Through the prophet Isaiah, 150 years before Cyrus issues this decree, through the prophet Isaiah, word was given that Cyrus was going to issue this decree and that he was going to be God's special chosen instrument to bless and restore God's people. And God did it. God gave a very unlikely prophecy about someone who was not even born and would not be born for 100 plus more years. Of a kingdom that wasn't even the great kingdom on the scene. And God sent his word and God fulfilled his word because God's word will always be fulfilled. I hope that's one thing you've learned from 619 days we've spent in God's word. And we have hundreds more ahead of us. But God's word will always come true. It will always be fulfilled. It will always be upheld. God's will will never fail. God's purposes will never be frustrated. We may experience trial. We may experience turmoil. We may experience distress and doubt and hardship, but God's purposes, God's will, God's word stands through all of it. And that's what we're seeing here in Ezra chapter one. Let's pray. Heavenly father, how great you are. There is no king who can even compare to you in greatness of power for you rule over all heaven and earth. Help us to trust you. We, we get so anxious because we see so little. We don't understand what we even do see. We don't see your hand at work in a very evident and obvious way. And so we get filled with anxiety and overwhelmed with fear and doubt. We should not. We should have great confidence because we have a great God who always accomplishes his purposes. So fill us with that confidence and let us walk in the joy of knowing you. We pray this, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining me for Ezra chapter 1. I hope you have a blessed day in the Lord.